Hello again. Welcome back to another episode of the Extra Point Podcast. My name is Todd Stiles. I'm one of the pastors here at First Family Church. I want to welcome you on this Tuesday, November 7th. Really glad to take some time, oh, just about 10 or so minutes each week and look back at the previous week's text. And this week will be exactly that as we uh, take a step back and look at some things that we mentioned Sunday that were found in Elihu's speech in Job 32 to 37. And I made a special point to bring about two words that I think um, are doctrinal words. Most of you had heard them, uh, for sure one of them. We talked about God's transcendence and His eminence. And we use those to describe, and this is a more common vernacular, you could say God's um, distance or the fact that He's high and holy and lifted up. He's far above us, and His eminence would be that which describes His closeness or His nearness, that He is um, personal. And so we used words like that um, to, to uh, teach that God is both. And if you recall, we it seems to us, we, we felt that Elihu's speech, though it was doctrinally true, it seemed somewhat detached in its theology, much like the previous three friends. They also were true, uh, but their theology seemed uh, distorted in its timing. And so Elihu seems a little detached. God is typically and only pictured, I believe, in in his uh, three to four speeches as far away, distant, unaccessible, unapproachable. Um, and yet what he actually says is technically not false. And so we looked at that and we used the words transcendence and eminence to talk about how God is both of these. Now, I want to bring to you in this episode some other words that would describe that and kind of broaden this to help us have a greater and deeper understanding of God. And then I, as a second item, I want to bring just some further insight into our final action point from Sunday. So let's talk about the doctrine of God for a moment. Um, I think you could take the idea that God is transcendent and also that God is imminent, and you could apply two other words that would describe the very same ideas, and that is that God has incommunicable attributes and that God has communicable attributes. Um, for instance, we would say that there are attributes of God um, that He does not share with His creatures, and so for us, those would seem distant, not necessarily in a negative way, but those are things that are that are hard for us to understand, if not impossible. They are high and exalted. Um, and then there are those attributes that we would say are communicable. And we understand them not totally, not perfectly, but we do understand them to some degree because we we seem to have some sense of what that would be like or or what that um, um, what that experience is. And so understand that there are two other words that help us understand transcendence and eminence, and that is, that's these words, that there are non-communicable or incommunicable attributes of God, and then there are communicable attributes of God. Can I talk to you a little more about those, give you some examples of those? For instance, and there is a little disagreement at times on what attributes of God belong where. I have found it helpful to 
sometimes realize that certain aspects of attributes belong in different categories. And so you may say that uh, a certain aspect of, um, of one of God's attributes belongs in the incommunicable category, while another aspect of that same attribute could belong in the communicable category. Let me give you an example. For instance, uh, omniscience, which is the all-knowing power of God, some would say, uh, only belongs in the incommunicable aspect or category because none of us could imagine what it's like to be all-knowing. And yet there are others who would say that is actually a communicable attribute because we do understand to some degree what it's like to know some things. And so there's just honest disagreement at times into which category, per se, omniscience goes, because some would say we'll never understand or know what that's like divinely, and that's true, but some would say, well, we can share an understanding of knowledge. So I'm not sure why I land on that. Just be aware, some of these attributes of God, there is debate as to which category they go in, but all theologians would agree that there are Different, two different types of attributes of God. There are incommunicable and communicable. Here's one good way to kind of differentiate those. Um, attributes which God does not share with us um, are incommunicable. I tend to think things like omnipotence, omniscience, omnipresence, which is God's um, incredible ability to exist outside of time. He does not even know any sense of time at all. He does in the sense of relating to us, but God is outside of that. All things are always in front of God. Um, his infinity, his immutability, his self-existence, or as we would say, aseity, these are all incommunicable attributes. We have no way of actually ever sharing that specific attribute with God, but there are other attributes in which we do share, and that I would say he actually shares with us to a, a degree by his Holy Spirit. For instance, God is holy, and though we'll, we'll never be holy like God in that sense, there is, a, there is also a sense in which God uh, does make us holy. He purifies us. Uh, the word means to be set apart. God sets us apart. So we have some idea of sharing in that attribute, though We'll never be uh, 100% purely um, without any spot or blemish or holy like God in that sense. So there's, um, there's some interesting aspects of this. I think that's a good way to differentiate, though, is those that we could never share in any sense like God and then those that we would share with God or that we can understand to some degree and it's because he shares and by his Holy Spirit enables us to know that. For instance, uh, love is an attribute of God, and yet we understand what it's like to be loved and to love. None of us will ever love perfectly or to the degree that God does. But we do understand the attribute of love to some degree. And I would say to you, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead who sheds abroad in our hearts the love of God. I think that's from the book of Romans. So do you see how this works, that, that these attributes of God that we do understand to some degree, that in some sense we actually share, it's because of God's Spirit, 
And then there are those that we'll never really fully grasp or even share with that are uniquely and only exclusively God's. So those are called incommunicable, or those are ones that I think describe and help us uh, view his transcendence. And then those communicable attributes, um, which often are in categories such as his mental attributes, his moral attributes, you may look into some um, doctrinal books and see those categories. Those are ones that we have some sense of what they're like, uh, of what they um uh, an experience with those because His Holy Spirit does share that with us and enable us at times to love or to um, uh, pursue holiness, to experience sanctification. Uh, and so, uh, you know, faithfulness and truthfulness are things that we'll never know to the extent that God does. We'll never be uh, 100% perfectly um, in every single manner without any darkness or hint of sin at all. That's never going to be us, but we could know what it's like to be faithful to some degree, to be truthful. And so, again, I just want to bring more insight on these two words, transcendence and eminence, because often we hear those, that's all we hear in a message, and we think, uh, thanks for the words, but is there more to it? And there are. there is a good bit more to it. And so I think the incommunicable attributes of God are those which really help us rightly understand and worship and adore His incommunicable or uh, attributes or His transcendence. Those all kind of go together. His eminence are those things which help us see how close He is and help us experience. They describe those things that we can relate to, and the Holy Spirit enables us to share His uh, eminence, His communicable attributes. So just some more words for you. Uh, some further insight and teaching about the doctrine of God, which, to be frank with you, is in its most technical sense what the word theology means. It means the study of God or the science of God. And so when we talk about theology, often folks think about, you know, lists of words with definitions, and they can scan the, uh, you know, the spectrum of our beliefs. In the most technical sense, when we say theology, we're talking about the very kinds of things that we're discussing today. And that is, uh, you know, the, uh, the topic of God himself. And today I just want you to have some more, hopefully, edifying and um, reflecting information and truth about who God is and what he's like. He is transcendent, but also imminent. He is um, he's full of non-communicable or incommunicable attributes, just as he is communicable ones, and we are thankful, and we glory and rest in who God is and how He has relayed and communicated Himself to us. Lastly, let me just close the podcast by going a little further in the application we made last Sunday. If you recall, as we wrapped things up, uh, we all rejoiced together in this um, incredible storyline of the Bible uh, I would say it's one of the major narrative themes in the Bible uh, that that God is near His people, that He's always initiated a closeness. We saw how this culminated in Christ and that the Holy Spirit is said to be even a greater advantage than having Christ with us personally. And so we just were rejoicing in that and praising God in that. And I encouraged us, in fact, to respond to that God, not a one-angled or a one-sided God that 
is either far away and distant or is close and limited, shall we say, but just to see God as the Bible has always portrayed him and taught him and shown us that he is both of these. And this is the God that we're to respond to. And I'm not sure if I used more words in one service or the other service, but responding, I, I said, was, you know, praying to God, trusting God, believing God, having faith, returning to God. And there's some various words. My point was, this is a God you can respond to because he's close, but because he is transcendent, because he is almighty, he can act on our behalf. And so I just encouraged us. In fact, that's how we ended our service, respond to God. When I said that, of course, I did use the word pray. I said, you can pray to God. That's one response. And I want to take a moment here and just share with you why prayer is often a good test to see if we really think God is near. You know, often we think we're praying or we are told to pray or we uh, think we ought to pray. But how many of us actually pray? And I'm more and more convinced that one of the reasons we don't pray is because we probably think like Elihu more than we want to admit. We know God is high and lifted up, completely exalted. We know that God, in not in a negative sense, but we know he is distant. We know that he dwells in unapproachable light. Like these things are true, but often we leave that right there. And we don't realize that this same God is also close, that he's near, that he's imminent, that he loves us, and he wants to be um, in relationship with us. And so because we only believe half of that, we often say we pray, and we often agree that we ought to pray. But do we actually pray? I again say to you, I think our prayer life may be the best test to see if we really think God is close to us, near to us, if he's really imminent. For instance, you can uh, test the depth of your understanding of God's closeness by how you pray. So not only do we pray, I think that is one way to test to see if we really think God is near, but I think the depth of our understanding can be tested by how we pray. Do we see God as a father? Do we use that uh, word that's used in the New Testament, um, Abba, which is just one of those first syllabic type of sounds that a baby would make in that culture? It'd be like a baby today just saying, Dada. It's the first things that come out of his or her mouth. And, and, and it indicates this intimate, close relationship, child to father, one of love and care. Is that how we pray to our Father? And do we pray to Him as one who leads us and meets our needs and forgives our sins? Those are all things mentioned in the Lord's Prayer. And so I just want to encourage you. You know, we say often around here that prayer is our first and best action, but there is a whole lot to that statement. And part of that is this. The fact that we do pray says we believe that God is near, that He's close that he's imminent and that he's powerful and he can act and move on our behalf. But then also how we pray says a lot about how close we think God really is, how near um, we know he really is, and that we speak to him, yes, in reverent, holy terms. That's what the Lord's Prayer teaches as it begins, but also in close, near, uh, childlike terms, 
asking him to lead us and to feed us and to meet our basic daily needs and teach us to forgive and to forgive us. So these are all very relationally close words. They're words of being near someone. And so I just, man, I'm just kind of laying this out to you this, the, 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 today on this Tuesday saying your prayer life may be one of the best indicators um, of how close you think God really is. So if you're wondering if you're like Elihu, then just ask yourself this, how is my prayer life? Do I pray? And how do I pray? And if in that evaluation or inspection you find yourself distant, you find conviction settling in, here's great news, friend. God is close to you. He's near to you. And, he, and James says to draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. So I commend you today. I, I, I highly exhort you, uh, draw near to God. In this very moment, he is mighty and powerful and strong, and he's near and close and desires an intimate, deep relationship with you. And so as you're thinking through that and analyzing your own closeness to God and using your prayer life as maybe a, a way to, to judge and test that, if you find that you're distant, oh, friend, draw near to God today. Respond to Him and pray to Him. Trust Him. Exercise faith in Him. Believe God is close. He is near, and He loves you and cares for you. So I just want to encourage you, pray today. It is our first and best action, especially in relating to a God who is both transcendent and imminent.